This episode is brought to you by Skyline Homes. Skyline Homes has a unique approach to land development. Their home construction begins with a disciplined approach to evaluating markets, acquiring land, and creating value through the planning process. Pride and personal involvement in the work that they perform result in superior quality and service. This philosophy has distinguished them from the crowd of other developers in this ever-evolving business. To find out more, visit skylinehomesdevelopment.com. That's skylinehomesdevelopment.com. Hey there, this is Hannah McGee, and welcome to the iHeart2C podcast. Join my husband, John, and me as we talk about all the happenings in our favorite place, Canyon County. We'll be highlighting businesses, organizations, and just plain old people that make this such a great place to live. If you're tired of all the negative on the news and social media and need some inspiration, you have come to the right place. Canyon County is one of the fastest growing areas in the country. It's a great place to live, and it's where we're raising our family. We're going to take a few minutes each week to talk about the place we call home, the good folks, and the great happenings going on in Caldwell, Nampa, and beyond. So join us here at the iHeart2C podcast. Well, thanks again, you guys, for joining us at the iHeart2C podcast. Um, we are in a series right now just talking about Canyon County sports and and um, different activities that are happening here in this area. So we have another special guest. And um, John, would you introduce Yeah, I'd be happy guest? to. Um, Regan Rossi is the athletic director at the College of Idaho, and she has been for several years now. And during the, the course of her time there, the, the Yotes have just seen – tremendous success both uh, on the field which you know as a fan I kind of like mm-hmm. but what what people don't see quite as much is the academic excellence that is being produced out there as well I see it on, on my Twitter feed all the time of all this all this academic all-american or this all-conference academic player and so there's so many good things that are happening at the College of Idaho when it comes to athletics and then eventually you know, these students get into the community, right? And they have leadership positions and um, they become coaches, you know, like she's, Regan's got a couple of them under her wing right now that are former, former athletes there. So, but tell us about how you got from Wisconsin (laughs) to the athletic director at the College of Idaho, because Mm -hmm. it's, it's quite a ride. Yeah, it is. I like to say I made a couple wrong turns. Uh, (laughs) So uh, after I graduated from high school, I played college basketball at St. Ambrose University in Davenport, Iowa. Loved my time at St. Ambrose. I I loved St. Ambrose. It was a fantastic experience. Um, It's one of those places that it will always hold a special place in my heart. Uh, I I think college is a unique time in everybody's life where you get to you get to grow and you get to experience and you get to kind of develop who you're going to be. Um, and St. Ambrose was a big part of that for me and, and my teammates there and the friends that I made there. Um, so just, just a great time. Uh, loved, loved my time there. Uh, got my degree in athletic training, decided my senior year, I really didn't want to do that. Um, I really kind of thought about coaching. Uh, I had previously between my sophomore and junior year of college done a summer service mission trip with a Presbyterian mission conference that I attend every summer, um, up in Alaska and kind of felt a calling to go back into service. Um, and so I applied again through PCUSA at the time and got placed back in Alaska. And that was actually uh, moving to Alaska in November is a unique um, experience. 
but uh, I, I can say that I'm, I'm truly blessed because every every time I land somewhere, it's a it's been a, a great learning experience. It's been a great um, great time of my life. Uh, in Alaska, I was a high school boys assistant coach, mm. um, as well as a, a youth director at the church, and then I was also a glacier tour guide for a helicopter company. Nice. Um, met my husband there. Uh, decided I really wanted to stick with coaching, applied for a number of jobs around the country. And I got a coach from a, a, a call from a coach by the name of Todd Corman. And he was at Loyola Marymount at the time. And he said, well, I'm not going to be at Loyola anymore, but I'm starting a new program at this little place in Idaho mm. and it doesn't pay well, but what do you think? <laughs> so I said, okay. sign me up. Um, so I started as an assistant uh, when we started the program in 95 and was here for two seasons. Uh, John, you were a student then. I was just leaving. Um, just leaving. Yep. Yeah. Uh, and it was it was great. Uh, I loved my time here. Um, after my two years, Rudy and I got married. Uh, he's a helicopter pilot, so we were kind of two unique jobs that you've got to kind of chase the jobs, right? So traveled around, landed in South Texas and North Texas. Then I took a job at Georgetown College in Kentucky, just north of Lexington was there for a season, then decided I, I wanted to, again, stay in the coaching profession. So I needed to get my master's. So I moved over to Moorhead State in Eastern Kentucky, spent two seasons there working on my master's, coaching with Coach Litter there. Um, again, a couple fantastic coaches and role models um, that really taught me a lot, as did Coach Corman. Um, and then at the end of my second year at Moorhead, Coach Corman called and said, well, I'm taking a job at Oregon State. I think you should come back. Um, and Rudy and I talked about it and came out and talked to Marty and turned around and packed our bags and headed West, uh, been here ever since that was in 2001. Wow. wow. Yeah. So coach was a head coach here for 13 years, um, before I moved into administration full-time, uh, had taken on associate AD role. Um, probably, I think I did that for about four or five years before I did it full-time. And what um, did you, um, what, what sport were you a coach of at women's CIVA? basketball? Yep. Sorry. Women's basketball. So what made, yeah. what was, I don't know that I've even ever talked to you about this, but what was the transition? When was the, when did the light bulb go off to, that you said, Hey, I think I might want to be an AD. I mean, get, want to get out of coaching and try to do the administration part. I knew in grad school that I would move into administration at some point in my career. Um, I, I enjoyed, you know, a lot of it was event management, game management type stuff, um, fundraising, marketing. Um, and so I knew at that point it would, it would happen. Uh, I didn't know when, I didn't know where. Um, to be able to do it at a place like the College of Idaho, again, I'm extremely blessed. Um, I don't know as I was honestly ready to get out of coaching at the time that I did, but you can't pass up the opportunity. I mean, Marty Holly, my predecessor and one of my dear, dear friends and mentor, um, you know, he did this for 30 years. Mm -hmm. And so I, I couldn't get behind another 30 year person in this role uh, or, you know, we were going to have to move. And, and we had made the decision when the girls were just when the girls were turning four that I was still coaching. It was either time for us to to look for a job for me and move on or we were going to put down some roots and we were committing and we were going to try and, and work on this path. And Marty and I had talked about it and, um, you know, so the transition kind of started. Um, but when we started football, I think that was kind of the tipping point. Um, I was doing a lot of the managing of the department while Marty was starting the program. 
And uh, as we came into my last year of coaching, I told them they needed to hire somebody. They needed to hire a full-time associate AD to do what I was doing because I can't do this, mm-hmm. um, coach my team. And I was also the Title IX coordinator. Something had to give. Yeah. Uh, and I didn't want to short my team because I was I was getting spread thin. And, and again, you're a wife and you're a mom. And so balancing all of that, um, some, something had to give. And they didn't hire somebody. Uh, so at the end of my season or towards the end of my season, Marty and I met and he says, okay, I think it's time. Uh, I'm, I'm going to step out of this in a year or two. You need to be doing this full time. Um, met with Marv Hemberg. He was very much in favor of it. Uh, and that's how the transition started. Yeah, that's, it's, it's, it's quite a story. And you're in your, the time that you've been there and the, the legacy that you've left has been, has been tremendous. One, one of the things I know that you've had to deal with, the last couple of years is just like every other person, but you probably in a unique way has been COVID in trying to get teams on the field and trying to schedule games with um, teams who are in Oregon, Washington, mm-hmm. Montana, all of which have different statewide approaches yeah. to yes, they do. How they, how they've <laughs> dealt with COVID. So, Without necessarily getting into the politics, because I do, I mean, I think we all understand there's a lot of politics involved. Talk about the challenges of fielding an athletic program in the middle of a pandemic. I give a lot of credit to my coaches um, and, and their flexibility and our student athletes. Um, it's, I think what it taught us is that we, we can be flexible, that we can adjust. I think as a coach, you kind of get set in your pattern mm-hmm. and your ways and you know, we know who we're playing and this is a day we're watching film on this team and here's how we're going to prep. Um, and during the COVID year for the basketball teams in particular, we didn't have a schedule. It was um, because the Oregon and the Washington schools didn't compete until the spring. And we had made the decision along with LC State to try to compete for, for the national title. So let's let's put ourselves in a position where we can go to the national tournament and we can we can go on that path. But it was piecing together a schedule and it was you know one night we're playing this team you know we know on tuesday that on friday we're going to play you know say montana tech mm-hmm. wednesday we find out we're not playing montana tech yeah. wednesday night at midnight we find out we're going to pick up a game with boise state because they had a cancellation mm-hmm. um, okay so thursday we're going to prep for Boise. and actually there was one time that we we got that call thursday night late to play on friday wow And then you have to coordinate the testing because you had to test prior to the competition. Um, And Boise State has been a fantastic partner in the testing uh, realm for us. Um, We've done we did a lot with them last year. We've done some with them this year, but um, they've really been, uh, you know, stepped up for us and helped us out when we needed it. And, you know, when we need to have stuff turned around in a quick, you know, you've got 72 hours. The group we're working with out of Oregon sometimes can't get us our results in that amount of time. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Boise State, I've got to give them a, a big shout out for what they've done for us. Um, and so it, it was a challenge, but I think our approach, I, I don't know as anybody can say they did it right or they did it wrong. I think we all made choices. Um, and here's the path we were going to do. We started off the year last year 
in small pods. So a small pod of four. So everybody, and then if so, if you had one positive, you remove that pod, you didn't have to remove the whole team. Mm. And eventually as our numbers got better, we would increase the pods or, or we got closer to competition. Um, and so that, that was the approach and it, and it worked, it worked for us. We, the only, um, the only program, we have two programs that couldn't really make a go of it last year. Men's soccer had too many injuries and too many COVID cases kind of at the beginning, which made it really challenging for us to, to field the team. Um, and then lacrosse, their their conference kind of shut down. Um, so lacrosse didn't really have a, a an opportunity last year. But everybody else, like I said, all the, the student athletes and the coaches were great. Um, and we've just kept doing what we need to do to compete. And so last year it was like, okay, if, if you have to wear a mask to compete, will you do it? Yep, we'll do that. Okay, so we wear a mask. This year, we've really been um, pushing hard the vaccinations. If you're vaccinated, you don't have to wear a mask in competition. You don't have to wear a mask in practice. And now we've kind of come through that pretty strong. Again, we haven't canceled any games from the College of Idaho side. We've been we've received forfeit wins. Um, again, and my athletic training staff has been tremendous. They're the ones who run the tests for us. They're the ones who do the reporting and the tracking for us. Um, and so it, it's definitely a group effort. Um, it, But I think we'll look back at this and say, okay, I think we did a pretty good job. Mm-hmm. I think we put our, our, our student athletes and our coaches in a position to be successful. And that's my ultimate goal. That's all I ever want to do, um, be it in the middle of a pandemic or outside of pandemic. How do we put you in a position where you can compete successfully yeah. and currently safely, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, no, that's good, and I know it's it's been a it's been a real challenge, especially with the the logistics that you're talking about. It's not like you, the teams that you're playing are all from Idaho. In fact, there's probably only one that's from Idaho that you play on a consistent basis, and so trying to work that out is just I, I know it's been a challenge. What about talk to us a little bit about the football program, and you've you've been around since the beginning of that, and you know t- to start. A, brand new program in any sport is a challenge, right? If you were to start a volleyball program, it would be a challenge. But to start one that has 100 players and equipment and a stadium and all of these different aspects, and now, you know, in just a handful of years, the, the, the program has had a tremendous amount of success. Talk about what it took to get that from zero to top 25 in a matter of just a few years. Mm-hmm. Big team effort, really big team effort. Um, we had, you know, Marty Holly and Marv Hemberg were the driving force for this. Um, the board uh, of the college was extremely supportive. Um, the city of Caldwell really stepped up to help as we had to transition Simplot Stadium back into a football field. Um, and so it's partnerships, it's um, sponsors and donors, the steering committee, uh, you know, had to raise about $6 million. Mm-hmm. Um, $4 million went into the facility, the Marty Holly Center, um, because we didn't, have a, we didn't have a weight room big enough to house a football team. We didn't have office space. Um, we didn't have locker room space. So that, that was the first project that had to start. Uh, we, had to, we had to find a spot for them. And then the, the turnaround of the stadium was about $2 million. Um, by the time you did the turf and the video board, um, had to rewire a lot of things. And, and then we redid the press box. That was a little unexpected. Um, you know, we got in there, we were just going to redo the interior and turns out they came and said, no, you need to do the whole thing. Mm. <laughs> so that was a little, uh, anticipated hiccup that we ran into, but that's okay. 
um, you know, so, so it's a lot of team effort. Um, hiring Mike Morosky as our football coach, you know, somebody who is willing to come in and, and really hit the ground running, um, understanding, you know, that the first couple of years, we're going to get what we get in terms of getting student athletes, but they really worked hard to get kind of the right kids. I think we had a lot of turnover early on. Um, I think now as we've transitioned into year nine, I think that um, they've done a great job of recruiting quality guys that, that are good character, that are good academics um, that fit the college of Idaho that fit Caldwell. Mm -hmm. Uh, That's a, that's a big deal. Um, because we're not in the business of, of, you know, just bringing kids and using and, and not letting them graduate and just moving them in and out. That's not who we are. Um, and so the, you know, Mike has always had a, a tremendous coaching staff. I think of all the guys that have, that have come through here on his staff, they've done a great job. They've been great to work with. Um, John Grove, our equipment manager, when you talk about starting an equipment, mm-hmm. man, he's, he's the guy. Um, he's fantastic to know, you know, I don't know one thing about a football helmet other than, you know, sits up there and it looks great. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, he's certified in making sure that we get them, you know, that they're in, I mean, with all the concussion things, he's, he's on top of that. Um, and then even ordering shoulder pads, right. You just think, well, you just get some shoulder pads. Well, this guy needs this set and this guy needs this kind mm-hmm. of set and this like things that I would never know anything about. John's got it dialed in. Um, so, so it's been, like I said, it's, it's a great team effort um, to see that, that we've gone from nothing to, you know, a couple of years ago, making the national championship playoffs, um, knowing that, that our goal is, I mean, our goal is to win a, a national championship at some point in time mm-hmm. and again, it's positioning us to be successful. And, and, and so I think Mike has done that with, with the staff that he's brought in with the student athletes, he continues to bring in um, with the support of this community. Obviously you guys know, we have the go purple group. Mm-hmm. Um, that has really, you know, been a group that's rallied everybody together. Again, you got your Go Purple Fridays, right? Um, and, and so the community support. I mean, we we are always within the top three in the nation in attendance. Um, I think we've got to, you know, we involve a lot of our student athletes to work those games and to get engaged and, and involved. And so, um, you know, we talk a lot about family atmosphere here, and, and that's that's a great way to show it. Definitely is. I know just even going to the games, um, the community feel that you have when you go there, um, because so many people from the community show up to come to these games, even if they weren't an alumni, they feel like this is their football team for the city. Um, So I know that that feel is it resonates with a lot of people. Um, Another thing that I know you do, but also as representing the college is you are you are very involved in the community of Caldwell. Um, you sit on different boards for the destination Caldwell and the chamber. Um, talk about how, why is that so important that you represent the college um, in, in these different other activities outside of the um, property that you, uh, that you have? Yeah, that's a, that's a great point. Um, I, and I, I talk with our student athletes and our coaches about this all the time, that Caldwell is a fantastic community Um I, I, my leadership style is servant leadership and we have a responsibility to give back. Mm-hmm. And part of giving back is getting involved, getting, being engaged and making sure our community is strong and thriving. Um, you know, when Destination Caldwell was started, uh, gosh, what is that? Eight years ago now. Mm-hmm. Um, it was right after our first season of football. And it was kind of interesting. It was my first season out of, out of being a coach. Um, 
but there was, I think the Idaho Press Tribune ran an article about the economic impact football had mm. on Caldwell. I think it was about $3 million it brought into the community, wow. if, I'm, if I'm recalling correctly. And, and one of my points to Destination Caldwell is that's what we did on five scheduled dates. Mm. Five dates. Right. That's it. What could we do if we did more? Mm-hmm. What could we do if we really brought people into this community? What would the impact be? Um, you know, I've got two teenage daughters. One of the things that I want them to see is that it's important to serve your community. It's important to be involved and to make sure that we're doing the right things to further to further our our college, our city, um, our place in Idaho. Um, I want them to be proud of their city. I want them to, you know, have some bragging rights, which they kind of do now, as you both know, um, that they can say, yeah, you know what? My mom was involved with the plaza. You know, John and I were lockstep and in, in, in moving some of this stuff forward and it wasn't easy and it's okay that it's not easy and you need to hear kind of the opposite side to make sure that you're still in line doing the right things mm-hmm. and um, the college needs to be a part of that mm-hmm. and and I am passionate about that thankfully I've had you know between Jim and Doug as our presidents and um, Charlotte before uh, that that I've been allowed to step into this role because it is a time commitment yes and it is, it, it does take a lot at times. It's, it ebbs and flows, but I just feel it's so important because the, what is good for the city is good for the college. And that town gown relationship will always, always be so important and on the forefront of what we do, um, you know, from an athletic department and from the college. I, I need the college or the, the city of Caldwell and Canyon County to support us. Mm-hmm. I need those people to be in our stands. I love to have the parents come. But as you know, parents kind of come and go. Yeah. It's 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 the you know, the Deanne Rodwells of the world that are going to be at every one of your games. That that's what I need to have happen. Um, you know, the Shirley Akagis, the 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 staples of, of who we are. Mm-hmm. That's a big deal to us. And those ladies are involved in Caldwell as well. And so it's a great mix. It's a great blend. Um, it's a big responsibility that I share with our coaches and our athletes as we get out and we do some community service stuff. Um, but it, it's it's really a, it's a driving force for us to make sure that, that we're engaged and we're involved. We can't be on an island mm-hmm. uh, in the middle of Caldwell. That's not right. Um, but to know that, that we're connected with, you know, Mayor Nancolas and now um, Mayor Wagner. I mean, this has been a good, good transition for us to say, hey, we're here. We're still involved. We're still doing things. We want you at our stuff. Um, and so I think that relationship is strong and it's moving forward and, you know, we'll continue to be involved. I will continue to be involved even when I roll off the board. Um, mm-hmm. They're not getting rid of me that easily. Right. Yeah. That's awesome. I love that. You know, we talk, it's so easy to talk about football and it's so easy to talk about men's basketball, but you oversee a lot more than that. And there's a lot more that, that happens that, you know, for one reason or another, it's just kind of our society um, the average person doesn't know about the swimming team, right? Yeah. They don't yeah. know about right. the golf team. It's just, it's, yeah. you know, because football and basketball are so prevalent in our society and they're the things that we watch, but mm-hmm. there's also been a lot of success in those other programs. Yeah. How do you, how do you balance your time coach with between basketball and football, which are big high maintenance issues and in, in teams with, you know, with the softball team or, um, the swimming team. How do you how do you balance your time? How do you make those work? Yeah. And sometimes not real well. <laughs> I'll be honest. Um, 
and we've, we've got, you know, over 450 athletes. Um, so I don't know them all. I wish I did. Uh, I think one of the things is I transitioned out of coaching. I kind of miss my own team, but I get to know more student athletes and I get to coach the coaches. So I get to know the coaches a little bit better and it's being intentional. Um, it's being intentional to make sure that, uh, you know, that, that each program feels valued. Um, I'd like to think I'm doing a good job at that. I, you know, it's hard. I mean, there's two of us running this department at the end of the day. Uh, you know, my right hand, Danielle Brazil, she does a great Mm -hmm. job too. And the coaches lean on her pretty heavily. Um, and so it's, you got to show up. And I think that's the most important thing I can say is I try to show up for every possible game that I can. Mm -hmm. Um, I might not know every student athlete's name, but I can be there and I can cheer them on because, you know, whether it's a swim meet or whether it's a softball game, which we'll be at today, it's 18 degrees. If you two would like to join (laughs) us, um, I'll share my heated socks with you, John. Time for indoor Um, sports. Yeah, yeah, for indoor sports. That's right. Um, You know, going to the soccer games. I went to lacrosse last weekend, and I still don't understand anything about lacrosse other Hmm. than the face-off because it's like hockey. That's that's all I got. Right. Uh, And so trying to learn about the sports I don't know about. um, You know, I took up skiing when I got out of coaching. And so now I can, I can have some conversation with our skiers mm-hmm. that I 10 years ago could not have had. Yeah. Um, so it, it's, it's showing up for your coaches, meeting with your coaches one-on-one. Uh, I started doing that my, my first, first year in this seat. And I'll never forget because we had one staff meeting every year. That's it. That's all Marty ever had. Yeah. And so when I set up a one-on-one for everybody, they all want to know why, what did I do? Why trouble. am I in trouble? <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, everybody, right? Like yeah. even Al, Al comes in, what did I do? Just tell me now. I can't, I can't take <laughs> I can't it. I can't wait. It. Um, and, and so it's like, no, this is your time. This is your time. So we can get to know each other that you can tell me about things that are going on with your program or with you personally. Um, I can sit here and and listen and kind of make sure that, that we're on track with recruiting and fundraising and, and kind of touch base on those things, but what's going on with you? Mm -hmm. Where, where are the, where are the hot buttons are the things we need to know things we need to be paying attention to. Um, and I usually try and schedule those all in one week and it's a heck of a week because I just go back to back to back and mm-hmm. I try to get everybody in, everybody who's a full-time staff member. So all the, anybody who's, you know, full-time assistant coaches to John Grove, to the trainers, to, um, so wow. to being present and, and knowing them and being able to, to know what's going on with their families and, you know, family's a big deal to us. I mean, our, my kids grew up here, Alan Liz's kids have grown up here, uh, Danielle's kids are growing up here. This is what we do. And you don't do that without relationships and yep. without that family mentality. And, and you can't do that sitting in an office, not paying attention to what's going on around right. you. Yeah, that's good. That's so true. One of the things I know is important to you, and you can hear it in just the statement that you just made, is I know that your faith is very important to you. And it's really a, a guiding um, force for you as you are the athletic director, as you do make these decisions. I know that you're, you're still very involved with church-related activities Talk to us a little bit about how um, your faith has made a difference in your leadership style and, and what you do. Okay. I, my friend, uh, the Reverend Don Patchell, who, who passed away a couple of years ago, I will never forget. We were at the New Wilmington Mission Conference that I, I talked a little bit about earlier. I've been going to that since I was 14 years old. Uh, not going for these last two years for COVID has broke my heart. Um, that is my spot to recenter. 
and to rejuvenate and to get back in contact and really get my mindset for the year. But I will never forget Don um, in one of his messages said, we are a servant people of a servant Lord. Mm-hmm. Um, and that has always, I, I think that was even my, it was the summer of 92. So the, the year I did the summer service for the mission conference. Um, and that has always stuck with me. And that if God can serve, I can serve. And God serves the least of us, right? Um, you know, you sit here and, and you, you, we're praying for the people of Ukraine, right? God loves mm-hmm. those people. I Again, we talk about Caldwell. Caldwell is not a wealthy community. Mm-hmm. You know, I we you know, a lot of our kids do community service down at Elevate Academy with, with Monica White and that strong group there, right? Uh, and the great work that they're doing. Um, that's about servant leadership. That's about making people better. That's about giving people love and it's fierce love um that they might not feel they deserve and and so when i think about my coaches and my student athletes and my involvement and and my own family um it's fierce love and it is it is serving um because that's what god has called us to do and i i have told my kids this all the time one of my one of my daughters just brought it up this the other day she goes mom she goes she was telling me about a situation she was but i remember what she said Mm. we're called to love not judge Good. And if you, if I can approach every day with how am I going to love my coaches better? How am I going to love my student athletes better? Uh, you know, that's how I put them in positions to be successful because I know I, I deeply care about all of them. Um, you know, it doesn't change that sometimes hard decisions have to be made um, mm-hmm. and they, they tear you up when you do because, because these people are family. Yeah. But um, I think as, as I look about, uh, you know, being Christ centered and, um, and loving people through it. Right. And I, I tell student athletes, I mean, I get some kids in here that get in trouble and I said, behind closed doors, there's going to be some tough love and I'm going to love you through this. Doesn't mean I'm not going to hold you accountable. Every student athlete will tell you how I feel about accountability. Um, but if I can help you understand service, if I can help you understand a path back, if I can help you understand how somebody like me is going to help you get out of the, your situation or love you through this and, and guide you through this, that that's, then, then we're impacting students, right? We're impacting people. And those people are going to go on from here and they're going to remember those conversations. And they're going to hopefully, when this arises or they're in a, a position of authority, they're going to be like, somebody loved me through this too. Somebody loved me when I didn't feel I could be loved. Somebody helped me when I didn't feel I could be helped. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so that's that's my approach. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I, I think, you know, John, you're, you're Hannah, like you guys are great people of faith and um, it's not always easy. It's not always easy when you're in a position of authority and, you know, College of Idaho is a, a, a private school, but it's not necessarily, you know, it was founded by a Presbyterian minister, but it's not, not necessarily affiliated with the Presbyterian church anymore. And so, you know, how do you delicately find that balance in, in where you share your faith or where you share your love? But um, yeah, it's about fiercely loving your people and serving. That's, that's, that's powerful. And, and I, I mean, I definitely can attest to, you know, actions speak louder than words. And I feel like you definitely show that by, like you said, showing up at the games. I mean, we're not at everyone, but everyone we are at, you are at as well. And showing, you know, patting the kids on the back and cheering for them. So it, it definitely is very evident that you love very fiercely. So that's very powerful. Thanks. Coach, what's the, what's the future look like? You're still, you still have some good years left in you. You and I are about the same hey, age. So I, I, Thanks for noticing that. I, I, I want to make sure that everyone knows that you're not retiring anytime soon. Yeah. What's the, what's the future of College of Idaho Athletics? What, what does that look like over the next decade or so? Um, man, you know, it, it's funny. We kind of talked, Danielle and I kind of talked about this. It was about a month ago. 
um, because we used to talk about future and planning and, until, you know, a global pandemic hit and then it was survival. Oh. Um, mm-hmm. and, and so it was kind of, it was interesting for us to both kind of sit down as, as hopefully we're hitting the endemic, right. Um, that we haven't really talked about planning things or facilities that we, you know, facility upgrades and facility needs and, um, how do we grow the department and what does that look like? How do we grow it smart? And, um, you know, the college of Idaho is looking to, to grow its enrollment and, and will be an integral part of that. And so if we're, if we're going to add programming, what makes sense, we need to spend some time, you know, researching some of these, these programs that some of the schools in the cascade are adding, some are being added on the West coast. Um, you know, obviously men's lacrosse is a big thing. Women's lacrosse through COVID kind of took a dive too. That was the next sport we were going to add. And we've kind of put a pause on that. So I think it's, it's growing in the right direction. Um, I think that's, that's really going to be a big part of, of who we are and what we do. But some of that has to be facility driven. And we're, we're in the middle of a comprehensive campaign at the college. Um, and, and as you know, John, you've in honey year marketing, it's, it's, it's donor driven, um, what kind of fits, what makes sense. Um, so we've got a lot of projects that I'd like to accomplish. Um, again, kind of, it's a, it's the fundraising game and we'll see where that goes. As, as for me, I, I keep telling anybody I'm not going anywhere anytime soon. Um, if they'll keep having me, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. my daughters are, are going to college next year. Dar- Darby is coming here. Maggie is going to Pacific. Um, John, where you started off at over in Forest Grove. Right. Um, so I'm excited to watch them. Uh, you know, Hannah and I were talking last night and I told Darby, I said, you know, you don't have to tell everybody that you're my daughter in the first <laughs> weeks. Like, yeah, might be better if you didn't. Right? <laughs> uh, yeah. So, but I'm, I'm excited for them because I, as I talked about St. Ambrose and as, as I visit with recruits and, uh, I'm visiting with a women's soccer recruit here this morning. Um, I want everybody to find home and feel at home because these next four years are, uh, you know, when you go to college, it's, it's transformational. Mm-hmm. Like I said, you get to decide who you're going to be. And for us to be a part of that journey, I just feel blessed that you chose us to be a part of that. Yeah. Um, I can tell you exactly where I was at St. Ambrose when I looked at my dad and I said, this is where I'm going. Uh, and he said, well, we've got more visits. I said, nope, I'm done. This is it. This is the field. This is what I want. This is home. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I always tell students, I want you, when you think of home outside of your, your, your home, that this is the next spot that you think of. And so, um, so the goal is to continue to provide that, mm-hmm. right? Don't get too big where you can't provide that. Don't get, if we, we grow the department and we add, you know, a hundred student athletes in another way, that's great, but we still have to be high touch. We still have to be involved. We still have to serve and love. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. That's great. And I, you, you can, you can tell that at the, at the games and uh, with the athletes, uh, you can tell that, that, uh, that approach has really taken hold in, in what you've done over there, coach. Mm-hmm. And, you know, yeah. we're, we're so proud of the work that you've done yes. and um, what you're doing for the College of Idaho. You know that we are we are big fans and we're big supporters. And uh, I've got at least one who has her sights set on uh, attending mm-hmm. um, at some point. And so I yes. I think our uh, attachment to the college will uh, will, will go Continue. on. So, Coach, okay. thank you so much. Yeah. Thanks for yeah. joining yeah. us. You, thank you've been, you. You've been great. We've enjoyed the conversation. We've. It's thanks great, for having me. Great to hear all the, the good things that are happening at the college. No, thanks for having me, and thanks for what you're doing and promoting the two C. We love it. I mean, we love it too, and um, we'll keep doing better. Right. Yep. Sounds great. Yep. Well, Regan right. Rossi, the athletic director at the College of Idaho, thanks for joining us today. It's been great. Yeah. Thank you. Yep. Good to see you. Good to see you guys. 
Thanks for joining us on the iHeart2C podcast. Do you know someone or something that we should highlight? Would you like to get the word out about your business? Send us a message at podcast at iheart2c.com. You can follow us on Instagram and Facebook at iheart2c. If you like the podcast and are listening on Apple, make sure to leave a review. Until next time, keep it local and keep supporting Canyon County.